0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the lounge. How are you? It's me, your host, John, your humble, humble host. We have with us in the lounge tonight, returning guest, Mr. Andrew Kimball from your friendly Neighborhood Gamers podcast. Andrew, how are you tonight, my friend?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be back in the lounge uh, and talking about a game and uh, the series that it's a part of. That I feel like are underrepresented in the games industry, but are really good. I think that I think this is a a high quality series that's underappreciated in like the games industry as a whole, and so I'm excited to talk about it. Hell yeah, man.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. Happy to have you back. Thank you for joining me. You know how we do these shows. I got a couple of questions to ask you before we dive into the into the meat and potatoes, as it were. So First question for you, my friend, is what you drinking?
1: So I am currently drinking a beer out of Abita Springs in Louisiana called Andy Gator. Andy Gator. Nice. Yeah. It's a Helles Doppelbach. Um, It's a really... It's an 8% beer Oh, nice! that for that level of alcohol is really smooth. Like, yeah. you know, usually you get that kind of alcohol content in like your IPAs and stuff like that, and you got to deal with a lot of hops or maybe a bit more of a bitter kind of kick to it. But yeah, this one goes down pretty smooth and that makes it dangerous. But it's been a been a long couple of weeks and it's Friday and it's Cinco de Mayo. We're going to talk about video games here. So I was like, yeah, what the heck? Let's do it.
0: Yeah, we are recording this on Cinco de Mayo, so while you, dear listeners, won't be able to join us in having a brewski, um, have one in spirit, I guess. <laughs> so uh, as for me, so a couple weeks ago, I went out to uh, here in D.C., I went to see uh Orioles Nationals game with a buddy of mine, I had to go to a ballpark for the first time in like about a year, actually, and um, they had a, a brand of beer there called Cutwater, um, which I hadn't tried before but i've seen and local uh liquor store here did not have the beer that i had at the stadium but they had a different one so what i'm having tonight is cut water and it's their grape vodka transfusion huh. so it's it's uh it's cut water vodka with ginger beer grape juice and natural flavors whatever the hell that means <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a seven percent and much like your beer i'm assuming it's very easy to to drink um doesn't have like a bitter aftertaste or anything like that but um it's very smooth it doesn't feel like a seven percent but i'm sure it's going to kick in at some point during this episode
1: so <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream um, that's the hope right
0: yeah man um because like you i've had a couple couple long weeks and nice to just finally kick back have a brewski, and then uh talk about some video games so um that's what i am drinking so let's get on to the next question here shall we what have you been playing
1: you just got pulled. Don't. 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 You just got- so um there's a good chance that you might have been playing both of these games as well the two that i'm sure. going to bring up uh on consoles like main kind of I don't want to say real video game, but like I've been playing Jedi Survivor uh, nice. as much as I have free time for. And then when I only have three minutes or one hand, I'm playing Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap. There we so go. So we can yeah. go either direction first, which whichever way you want to go.
0: So I unfortunately haven't been playing Jedi Survivor because I still yet own. I, I do not own a PS5 yet. I don't think that they exist here in Maryland. <laughs> I've not seen one out in the wild. Mm. But uh, I've seen a fellow uh, podcaster and podcasting friend, Ryan's been posting some screenshots in the Discord for list off. So I've been looking at those and he's been talking it up. It looks like a really damn good game. And uh, I can't wait to get my hands on it because I really do enjoy Fallen Order. It was a great game, great story. And I want to see kind of what happens with my boy Cal Kestis. So you can talk about it a little bit, though. What's your impressions on
1: it from from what you played? If you like the first game, which I myself did, I'm I'm a fan of the first game. Uh, you'll like this one. It's it's a really good go. kind of what you would expect from a sequel, where it's like they took everything they did in that first game and they're doing it here, a little bit bigger, a little bit better. I'm just now getting to the point where it seems like the story and character stuff is really starting to kick off. So I will say it kind of it does seem to have a little bit of a slower start because you're kind of playing catch up with like your crew like where is everybody now because they did a pretty big time jump between games this doesn't pick up like immediately after so you spend a lot of the beginning kind of what's cal up to okay now what's the rest of the crew up to where's everybody at and then it finally once you kind of get that underneath you and you kind of get your home base established and all that kind of stuff then the story kind of starts to pick up but gameplay wise it's a nice evolution of the previous game. I've I've been enjoying it. It's one of those games where like I'm itching to get back to it. Whenever I'm not playing it, yeah, it does suffer from some technical issues, just like the first one did. And I don't know if it's a similar case of they had to put it out by a certain date, or if respawn just hasn't third quite figured out the third person game. Like like they haven't quite nailed that yet. Uh, there's some just some frame rate hitching and some little things like that. It's nothing game breaking. It's nothing like devastating, but it's just little things here and there that you kind of notice. And you're like, man, I really thought that based on how the first game went, they would have really tried to knock all that like yes, out some before they used. launched it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's mostly, you know, not to spoil anything, but the there's like one big planet where you're kind of like your home bases and you do a lot of exploring there but then you travel to other planets to do more like linear kind of sections. Yeah. And it's really just on that big planet where I noticed some of the technical hiccups. Whenever you're on kind of the smaller more linear things like it runs 60 frames perfect everything seems to be running fine. It's just I think it might just be that nice. big area is where it kind of gets bogged down and struggles a little bit but yeah, highly recommend it whenever you get the get the hardware to run it.
0: Man, I yeah, I really want to dive in. Um, that that first game definitely did have some kind of technical and performance issues. I can remember a handful of times where Cow is just like jumping into random negative space and falling yeah. through worlds, and next thing you know, it's like you get a game over screen. You're like, okay, well, I don't think that should have happened. Uh, and like, other other than the map system from the first game, like the only thing that I would. Cont- uh, like the only thing I would critique Fallen Order on is sometimes the combat was a little janky against non lightsaber or lightsaber adjacent characters. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Rabbit Jotaz, because that was a that was a messed up fight. But like sometimes, <laughs> some like the animal like creatures in that game were a little bit harder and a little they were at least for me a little bit more janky. If it was against a, someone wielding a lightsaber or like one of the the troopers with like the the lightning rod thing like that felt fluid and better to me.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. But- and I think that that's still like in general, the same in this game, everything is gotcha. a little bit improved, but it still feels a lot better to be fighting a group of stormtroopers or like a droid or somebody with like an electric baton or somebody else with a lightsaber. Yeah. That is where the combat really feels good fighting some big hulking monster. It still feels a little bit less satisfying i guess and you mentioning cal like falling through the level and stuff like that i don't want it to sound like it's that bad because it's not this game is more like bd1 will just kind of be like jiggling on cal's back or your frame rate will drop or like there will be something floating above the ground that it should be standing on like it's little glitches like that i've only had one crash and that's the only thing i would say that actually has affected my gameplay everything else is just those kind of rpg bugs that we're kind of used to at this point where stuff is just reminding you that you're playing a video game but it doesn't it doesn't break the experience it just kind of pulls you out of the immersion a little bit sure
0: i can understand that um the second game you mentioned was Marvel Snap, and I know that that's, and, and like our whole podcasting community, <laughs> every, everybody and their mom has been playing this game for like months and months and months now. So I just cracked 3,500 collection level a couple weeks ago. I'm up to like almost 3,700 now, and I finished Pool 3, Nice, um, which was, I was not expecting to finish it as early as I did. I just ended up getting really lucky with two back-to-back caches that finished my Pool 3 like I got Valkyrie and Bast, which was the two cards that I needed. And I bought MODOK in the token shop. So those those three cards finished pool three for me. So
1: how are you doing with Marvel Snap? So the pool thing is something I need to go look up because I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm I'm around where you are collection level wise, maybe a little bit higher, but I'm not sure if I have every card. I may be missing like one or two, but yeah. I haven't like sat down and actually tracked it all and figured out, you know, which ones I'm missing. Like you mentioned bast. I don't think I have bast yet. Um, but what my thing with Marvel snap was last season, the animal season, the hit monkey season, I was, I was making a real effort to hit infinite. And I was like watching YouTube videos and guides and, and tweaking builds and actually trying things. And I got to a, I think the highest I got was 87. I finished at like 85 and the 80s were just brutal, man. Working, yeah. Working, yeah. I spent (laughs) about a week in the 70s where it was like up, down, up, down. I didn't know if I'd ever get out. And then one Sunday afternoon, I just switched to like kind of a basic Patriot deck with Ultron and I just started mopping the floor with people. I don't know if like nobody was expecting that deck yeah. or what was going on. It was right after, I think, the the Shuri nerf and everything else that happened. So the meta was kind of shook up. And I managed yeah. to crack the 80s with that deck. But then, yeah, I spent the next like week and a half or whatever was left of the season just bouncing around in the 80s i couldn't couldn't really get any any footing so i was i was happy with that it's definitely the best i've ever done i think before that the highest right. i got was probably in the 40s maybe up to 50 yeah and so i was i was pretty satisfied with that i've had a slower start this season because i was a little bit like oh i don't really do i want to do all that again <laughs> yeah. but i'm still having fun with it i'm still tweaking decks i i it's a great game to play with like I have a, a new daughter who's about five months old, and so it's a great game. You know, when you got one hand, you're feeding her a bottle, something like that, yeah. and you can pop it open, play a match or two. And so it's really kind of been my go-to thing to do uh, when I have just a few minutes. And so I've, I've really been enjoying it. I mean, it, I've been playing it since, what was it, the Miles Morales season? Was it season two? Yeah, that would have been like October maybe. Yeah, so I've been playing it since then and I'm still enjoying it and still finding new things yeah. to try and new combinations and new ways to kind of challenge myself and like push to the next the next goal or the next thing. And so yeah, I think I think it's a good game. I've bought probably I don't know, maybe sixty or seventy percent of the seasons. Uh yeah, yeah. I haven't bought this one yet, but I might. We'll just kind of see how it goes. Um I know because this is Guardians, right? It's supposed to line up yeah. with the Guardians movie, but I think next season is rumored to be like into the Spider Verse, and that would be cool. I'm a huge Spider Man fan, so like if that's if that turns out to be true, I'm buying that. I may it may be the first time since I started playing this game that I actually pay for some variants. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Spider-Man fan. You don't say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if anything tipped it off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Name of your podcast, the logo, anything like that. Yeah. Man, I'm, well, I'm happy for you that you got that high. The, the highest I got was this current season or this past season as well. I got to 67, but I, I hit, man, it was like a, a three-pointer at the buzzer man because it was like three hours before the season ended oh wow i ended up getting into the 60s i was on the struggle bus in the 50s for a couple of weeks like it just seemed like no matter what deck i was trying out like i i had made a pretty good move deck that i Mm -hmm. was pretty happy with and, and was getting some really good success with and then i hit the 50s and it was like I was just getting destroyed and the, the card that's been like the bane of my existence has been null because it's just like everyone's playing a destruction deck and they throw null uh, whose power is he just collects the the power equal to all cards that have been destroyed in the game, and it's just like someone just got a sixty four power null on turn six. Like, how the hell am I going to beat that? <laughs> like, because you know I Shang Chi to uh, something else the turn before or something like that. But uh, I I did it with a Patreon deck too. I call it the Patreons, a so Patriot, um, right? And Ultron, old, yeah. And then uh, I I actually I throw in uh onslaught on mine too. So if I can get like. Right uh, Patriot plus mystique down
1: and then throw onslaught on there. I'm usually doing pretty good. Yeah. That's a lot of power on the board. If you, you know. isn't null, a ongoing card. No, it's like, uh, um, it on reveal it, or is it just no, an ability? Yeah. It's just an ability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have to like Shang Chi it. That's all you can really do. Yeah. Shang Chi
0: or potentially enchantress, I think. But, uh, like
1: I'm usually not running Enchantress in a in a Patriot deck. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't really fit. The uh the bane of my existence, and it's more because it's just like the laziest deck of all time, and because it's it's just so frustrating, is Galactus. Galactus, yep. I knew it. <laughs> like you hit you hit those like upper tiers probably like maybe in the fifties, definitely in the sixties and seventies. And it's like Every second or third person you play, they drop the Yondu, they drop the Wolverine, then they drop yep. the Electro. And it's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. So then I just start building decks that have something to counter it. And it's like, I will say there's nothing more satisfying than countering a Galactus deck, especially if they've snapped. It just feels so yeah. good. But it's just, it's it's so frustrating because it's like, it feels like a waste of time. It's like such a, it's yeah. not a fun archetype to play against because it's the same thing every time if they drop galactus you have to sit and watch the animation like yeah it's so annoying they i think galactus will be the next card that they have to like majorly address because i see him no joke it's like every third person i play
0: and same same for me galactus has been a pain in the ass especially if the same person has like a combination of uh Nimrod. Yep. Nimrods. Uh you know, like you mentioned Wolverine too. Um and sometimes like I've I've seen a Galactus null deck. So like, yeah. okay, destroy the entire board, you got Galactus and then null, and then it's like again another forty power or something. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> All of my strong power cards were on the two locations that just
1: got destroyed. I got nothing. So What's really irritating is the ones that run um because I got to the point where like, okay, I'll have a I'll have a counter for Noel or I'll have a counter for, you know, something, a try to win, even if they Galactus. But the ones that play Doc Ock and Spider-Man, yeah. like that's just I'm I'm instantly out because they Doc Ock all of your cards to one location. So then you have basically nothing that you can do. Yep. And then they drop Spider-Man so you can't even play. And it's yeah. like this, yeah. Here's your one cube, I'm out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's terrible.
0: Um so I've I've been playing, like I said, Marvel Snap 2. Uh, I guess my cons I've played a couple of console games. Um, and I remember like you and I were kind of chatting about it in Discord. So I finished Eki Island, the expansion for Ghost Oh yeah. Ashima, uh about a month ago. That was really good. Yeah. Really good. I was a huge fan of Ghost. Um, one of my favorite games from the last couple of years, and Iki Island picks up like right after the end of the story, um, and a great story. Um, like it adds to the story to to Ghost because it takes place after the the original game, um, and it's its own contained story. It's really well done, and you get a couple of a uh, couple of new skills, you get a couple of new armors. It's it's really fun. The Iki Island just looks gorgeous. Uh, it's kind of much like the original game, where you kind of got you know a mountain region and then a beach region, and you know it's kind of like all of these little little things together. And um, yeah, voice acting was again just top notch, just like the original game. The combat still feels really really good. Um,
1: Does it yeah, bring back side characters from the main story? Or are you introduced to like new? new people Um,
0: so a couple of side characters come back and then you get some some new characters that are introduced and everything feels like really good as far as the characters go I don't want to spoil anything because there's a really cool character that's introduced that has you don't know it but I'll just say that like he has something to do with an event that happens prior to the original game okay I'm gonna say and it's, it's really cool. It's a really good payoff. Nice. Um, and then recently, I just started um, Kena Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. It's Kena or Kenneth? Like, yeah, I, I can't remember if it's Kena Kenna or, Kena. or Kena. Kenna. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have no idea how you
1: pronounce it. I remember everybody said it one way before it came out. And then when it came out, they're like, oh, it's actually this way. But I can't remember if it was. Kenna and then we dis- we realized it was Kina or vice versa but yeah I know I know the game you're talking about I I yeah. played that game too it was good It was
0: yeah I'm I'm enjoying it I'm like 5 hours in something like that I um I just kind of freed the first like main spirit um it's a fun little game. And the fact that like 15 people made yeah. it is is absolutely astounding to me. It's really well done. The combat feels really good. I love, like the thing that caught my eye from the beginning, uh, from like the game trailers and everything, was just the art style. I love it. It's very simplistic. It's almost kind of got like a... Like if you were to take tunic and make it like more a little bit more high-res, it kind of has like a little bit of a tunic feel to it to me. Um the, the combat is very, very fun. Um voice acting's like okay. There's not as much of it as I yeah. feel like there should be, but like you get these cool little rot creatures that kind of help you with like tasks around the world and you can decorate them, put them in uh, like outfits and give them goofy hats and shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's 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 a really fun world, and I love that they really just they plop you right in, and they really don't give you much context. Then just go, all right, you're just the spirit guide. Go help spirits that are still stuck in in the realm, haven't been able to cross over into like the death realm or whatever. And it's like, oh okay, don't know what that means, but let's go, let's go hunt some spirits or whatever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had kind of caught on to, I guess the the core of the the concept or the story of that game because it is kind of like a vibrant, kind of fun, almost Pixar esque world where, like, yeah, everything looks really pretty. You got these cute little, like you said, stone critters helping you, but. Kenna's job is, yeah, she's helping people move on to the afterlife or to the beyond or whatever. So the undertones of the story are actually like really kind of dark and sad once you kind of get into it. Yeah, I thought that game was really good. I will say there was a couple places towards the back half where I dropped the difficulty, like a couple boss fights that just got a little cheesy. Because like you said, it was just a handful of people making it. And so there're a couple points where it's like I could see you guys ironing some of this out in the sequel but yeah I had a blast with that game. I think I played it a year or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you think when you when you get to the end of it.
0: Yeah man, for sure. Yeah, I just down, I just saw that it was on like PS Plus and I was like, "You know what? It's finally like I'll I'll get my hands on this." So I've been playing that and then um the only other game I've really played was the game that we're going to talk about um tonight which i don't even think we actually mentioned in the opening so sorry listeners. <laughs> you guys have been listening for 20 minutes and don't even know what in the hell this episode i'm is sure it'll about. be in the title and you <laughs> yeah. know unless you just
1: press play yeah
0: <laughs> tonight ladies and gentlemen we are talking about dark siders This is uh, the first game came out in 2009. It was on PS3 and the 360. So, Andrew, I want to throw it over to you. What is kind of your history with this game and kind of this series as a whole? Because there are uh,
1: sequels to this game as well. Yeah, which is obviously something we're going to get into a little bit just based on kind of how the story is structured for this series. but. The my personal history was Darksiders 2 was the first one I actually ever played. Oh, wow. With death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't remember why. I don't remember if I was just like at GameStop and it was one of those like buy two get one free kind of deals or whatever they were yeah. doing. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. I don't remember how I ended up with that game, but I started playing it with really no expectations and Once I got into it and kind of realized like, oh, this is like a darker kind of Legend of Zelda with a really like metal setting and story. Yeah, I was really into the series. I will say two is the only one that I've never finished. I've played it two or three times and I get about to the same point in that game and I just kind of fall off because It has some kind of structure issues. It has some like length and pacing issues. I may even give it another shot because like. Prepping for this episode kind of got me hyped to like get back in and play some of these games again. So I'm like, you know, two, I've never finished two. Maybe if I just push past that point where I keep dropping off. Um, But yeah, so I played played two a couple uh, played two that one time. uh, Originally, I think when I went back to it was when they did like the remaster. Uh, And then. I think on my Xbox one I had dark siders, the original like backwards compatible. And I don't know why, but I mean, I knew I liked the second one, never finished it. I had heard the first one was good. It was just one of those times where it's like, I don't really know what I want to play. Let me just hop into this, see how it goes. And I was hooked. I didn't put it down until I beat it. Like I think that one is paced extremely well. The story is super engaging. It was the first game and it kind of the way it approaches the story is a little bit more, I guess, like A to B. It makes more sense because two and three, and I'm not really sure about Genesis where it falls in there, but two and three are kind of like alongside one, like their sequels, but they don't take place after one. So playing one kind of like narratively made a bit more sense.
0: Right. Yeah. Like. So my my history with it is you know I played one from from the time that it released like and I was blown away just, yeah. just like you're talking about like I loved this game upon release I played it a bunch of times it was it it hooked me it, for a lot of reasons that we're gonna get into momentarily and then. Um, when two came out, I was super psyched because uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Michael Wencott. He's he's a great actor, and when yeah. I when I heard that he was going to be the voice of death, and I was like, hell yeah, let's go! And it just happened that like I got the game and I played like the first two hours, and then it was in between like a move and a and a and a breakup with a girlfriend, and then yeah. I put the game in a box somewhere, and then that box has never resurfaced in the 20 years since. So I was like, well. <laughs> haven't been back to that game, but like I've watched some like gameplay videos and stuff on YouTube. That's a game that I really want to get into. And sadly, honestly, the, the first game is the only game in the series that I've played and finished. I never played three and I've played the, there was a demo for Genesis, which looked really fun as strife. And uh, that one, I want to give a try, but like, I don't want to go to the last one without
1: playing two and three. Well, Genesis. I've 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 played Genesis. I've started it. Uh, me and my my buddy, we played a few hours of it, and it's just not my type of game, like gameplay wise. Um, but you play as War and Strife, and if you play right. a single player, you like kind of swap between the two of them. If you play co op, then you each control one. But it's kind of like a top down Diablo esque kind of game. But story wise, I'm pretty sure it's like a side story. Like when just from what I got out of it, like you could probably hop into that and not spoil anything. I've also played and beat three, which I really liked. I know that it's kind of divisive on the internet. That was like post THQ, post like studio reshuffling. Like it was a yeah. smaller team. I know that some people are like this game's not good. I like the character, I like the character growth, I like the way the story went. I liked the more, I guess, soulsy elements they added because, like, like you said, we'll get into it. But like the Darksiders and Two are very much like kind of God of War s combat mixed with like Zelda dungeons and puzzles. Yeah, even Devil May Cry in there. Yeah, too. some Devil May like- Cry Three was a little bit more kind of soulsy. Like there was just a little bit of a souls twist to that God of War combat, yeah. and then still some puzzles and stuff like that. Um, and I think some people didn't really like that change, but three, I really enjoyed it's, it looks great. Cause it's the m- most recent game, obviously. Yeah. And then I thought that it really, it did a good job of kind of bringing all the stories together and then making me like really excited for a four that I hope we get someday. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah, if we ever will, cool. yeah. but I hope that <laughs> they don't abandon this series. I really hope we get another mainline game. Like
0: I if if they make a four, like an official Darksiders four, I hope it's finally something where it's all four horsemen kind of together. Yeah. And there there may even be some sort of co op aspect to it where you can pick each of either one of the four horsemen and kind of go through some sort of story arc. Uh, of of something, I think that that would be really cool.
1: As long as they don't try to make it like a live service game, you know, where you no, play well. yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. no, just keep yeah. it with the because, like, <laughs> without spoiling anything, I don't think that they're gonna give strife a dedicated mainline game. I could be wrong, sure. but I, if yeah. you play through three, you kind of get hints of like his story and like see where he was at for all this. And so it's like, well, if they told, if they kind of brought you up to speed with him in this game. Are they really going to give him his own game? And also, we'll talk about it probably. But you get you get his guns as like secondary weapons in one yeah. and two. So it's like, right. why doesn't he have his guns? Like, what was he up to? That kind of thing. Right. So I don't think that they would do a mainline strife game. I think if they continue this series, it will be a okay. We've told this story and like all the perspectives of it. Now it's time. To move to the next step, which is what I'm really excited about. I would love to see because at the ending of one, you get that line and that shot of them all coming down. It's like, oh, I want to see what that would be like. Yeah. I want to see and, what yeah, happens war, after that.
0: <laughs> war has that great line because uh, uh, what what's her face standing there like you're going to do this all alone? And he just yeah. looks over and he's like, no, no, not alone. And then yeah. you see the, the three things coming in. It's like, yeah. oh, dude, it's so cool. Like, yeah. it's a great shot. Yeah, it's amazing. So, it's, uh,
1: it's a great ending
0: let let's uh let's get into this man kind of good bad and ugly style is kind of what i would like to do here so mm-hmm. what are uh i'm, I'm just throw it back right over to you what are some of the things about this game that you would kind of classify as good things that you go man for 2009 or whenever it was when you played this or the times that you've gone back to it what are you like man this game does this
1: well i mean the first thing i got a shout out is just the setting yeah when i was a little kid no joke and i think I, when I was watching videos and stuff today to kind of refresh myself on this game, I watched the completionist's review of the game and he framed his whole review around like, this feels like if a middle schooler like made a video game and just put all like the coolest stuff they could think of. And no joke, when I was a little kid, probably about a little younger than middle school, but I was like, you know what would be cool is if somebody made a video game about the forces of heaven and hell like fighting. Yeah. And that's what this game is. It's all about like there's heaven and hell and like this constant struggle. And then there's the horsemen in the middle of it. And they're controlled by this like ominous kind of mysterious council. And so it's all about the kind of their struggle being caught in the middle of this. And then you also have earth getting caught in the crossfire. And so just right off the bat, like the setting was super intriguing, fascinating. And I like the fact that, they came from it from the approach of let's just make this cool. Like we're not going to get bogged down in trying to get like too deep and too technical or even like too religious about it. Like we're going to take these themes and we're going to like, just make this awesome. Like just this kind of awesome stylized situation, this lore, this world. But I also like that even though they didn't try to get like too deep with it, they got deep enough with the characters and the setting and stuff to like make you care make you appreciate it and want to see what happens next. And so they kind of struck that perfect balance for me.
0: Yeah. You make a great point because they really don't say like, you know, the horsemen are on the side of the angels or the demons. The horsemen are their own entity and they're kind of like, Anti heroes. They you you kill angels and demons in this game. You don't pick a side. You're you're on the side of, you know. We'll get to the story in just a little bit here, but like you're on the side of trying to figure out who wronged you. You're on like a Count of Monte Cristo, like v for vendetta type like revenge mission here, and it doesn't matter if you're angel or demon. You're just trying to figure out who who kind of burned you, (laughs) for for lack of better term. And yeah, they don't get too religious with it, like. The the setting is is absolutely great and I'm with you on this. Like it, it's something that definitely drew me in from, from the time that I, I started this game. One of the things like I wanna I wanna shout out to on top of the setting, the thing that like really kind of drew me in was this is like a top tier voice acting, like top tier. Like there are some banger dudes in this <laughs> in this game, man. We have Liam O'Brien who voices war. Most people probably know him from uh the D podcast um oh god i'm blanking on it right now uh critical role there we go um he voices war you got phil lamar like who's just been in so so many games he's vamp in the metal gear solid series uh jb blanc um most people would know him as rost from horizon zero dawn like oh, yeah. he's the he's the john ratzenberger of Voice actors, you know, who John Ratzenberger yeah, is, yeah.
1: Every Pixar he, movie, yeah, yeah.
0: Every, yeah. every Pixar movie, like that's literally JB Blanc. Um, and he 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 does Ulfane in this, like a guy with a Scottish accent, and it's hysterical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we got Troy, like early in his career, Troy Baker. So, this was before like Bioshock, Last of Us, Uncharted. Like, this is like even Final Fantasy, uh, 13. Like, this is before that. So, this is like early in his career, but Troy Baker. Who is Baker. he in
1: Darksiders?
0: He is Abaddon. He's the the angel that dies, and then he comes back as the destroyer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like, the creme de la creme, we got Luke Skywalker himself. Mark Hamill is in this as the Watcher. And 95% of his lines sound exactly like the Joker. The Joker. (laughs) Yep.
1: I remember playing this game because I went back to it, like, you know, late after the fact. and. It was probably, you know, I probably watched like the opening cutscenes and stuff and cause you get the watcher and he's attached to war and he follows you around yeah. and he's, he's basically making sure you don't deviate from what the council wants. Exactly. And probably within like the first couple like level or something, I'm like this, this guy sounds like Mark Hamill's Joker, but yeah. is it like, did he do a video game? Which wouldn't be like unprecedented, but yeah, I looked it up and was, oh wow. Yeah, sure enough. There he is.
0: And he's. He's like the least helpful character because like he's he's not wanting to help you. He's oh, yeah. there for like his name is the Watcher. He's literally just there to make sure that you fulfill your mission to find out what in the hell happened. That's kind of started this war between the angels and demons. Like what the he's the not really there to help you. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like and, a babysitter. Um, he's like your your babysitter, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do and not basically in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, man, uh, top tier voice acting in this game, and it's it's so, so well done for a 2009 game like you'd be hard pressed to find a game that's got better voice acting from this time period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any Anything else in the good category for you that you want to bring up?
1: Yeah, I think I want to give the art style a shout out. I think it's one oh, yeah. of the things that has helped this series age as well as it has, like you can go back to the original Xbox 360 version of Darksiders one. There has been a remaster of the first and second games, but you could go back to the base game and it's, it's going to look a little, little kind of dark, a little maybe muddy, but it's going to hold up. It's one of those games where they didn't go for like hyper realism or go for like something that was maybe the most technically impressive. And because they went with a little bit more stylized, a little bit kind of Blizzard-esque, you know, you've got the kind of like Diablo or World of Warcraft kind of bulky characters, but it's really helped the game age gracefully, I think, because the gameplay holds up. And so having an art style go along with it, that doesn't look like absolute dog shit. Has really made it to where, yeah, you could, I I wouldn't hesitate to recommend any of these games to anybody right now in 2023. I think that they could go back and still have a good time with them.
0: Yeah, the the art style certainly is really cool. Everybody's got like ginormous ass hands, (laughs) like like War, Ulthane, like all of these characters just have big ass hands. But like the art style really is cool. Like it's supposed to take place in like a post-apocalyptic New York City, but like they really did a good job of not making sure that, like, oh, hey, over here is the Statue of Liberty, over here is Empire State. Like, it, no, this is like a hundred years after the po- like after the apocalypse, and demons and angels have been fighting for for a century now. Like, everything is worn down, and it looks really good. War himself just looks totally badass. All of the other characters and things that you meet really do look good. Um, I was just recently playing this on the PS4 remaster, what they call the war mastered version, and it looks solid, man. I was like actually impressed with how well it looks um, and it it runs just fine. Um, And that actually leads me into like one of the other things I wanted to shout out was like the gameplay in this, man. It's it's so simple. It's very hack and slashy. So if you've played like the OG God of war series, or we mentioned devil may cry from like the early two thousands, like it's very, very similar. It's basically a, a button masher. You'll definitely enter a room and then it gets sealed off and you can't escape till you defeat all the enemies. It's, you know, it's kind of like a carbon copy of some of these games, but it's very fun to play and it's very easy. It's not anything that, um, do you know, you need to really sit, and take your time to kind of get to learn. It's just like, okay, here's this attack. Here's this attack. Here's this attack. Let's just go. <laughs> like it's, it's very, very easy.
1: Yeah. But they do enough to keep it from being boring. You know, stale like, yeah they add like you have war sword and then you get a scythe and then you have like a like a glove that you can punch people with yeah. and then you have like some some range stuff and some special moves and then you can transform into like your demon form or whatever your yeah. like rage form and yeah a lot of that is very god of war and i love that about the combat basically darksiders did a really good job of you can you can tell that the developers of this game were fans of God of War. They're fans of Legend of Zelda. They're fans of Devil May Cry. And then they decided to take elements from all those games, some of the best elements, put them into their really cool setting and kind of environments. And it worked really well without feeling like a knockoff. Like it feels like its own thing. But some one of the things I like talking about gameplay is I love the the kind of Zelda style puzzles that you do in these games. You literally go into areas that feel like dungeons and you're getting items that will allow you to solve the puzzles in this dungeon. And then you're getting like a map of the dungeon and you're getting, you know, things like that that are very Zelda, but in this setting and with some of the like gameplay tweaks that they made, like it's much faster to climb up a wall in this game than it is in Zelda. Sure, exactly. And then they straight up give you the portal gun at one point yeah (laughs) yeah
0: you do get a portal gun and it's really fun (laughs) and so it's like
1: they just you can tell that the developers are fans of good video games and they're like what if we took some of these ideas and put them into our video game and then they made a really good video game with that yeah and i think it all really gels together really well and doesn't feel like they they walk that line perfectly of being inspired by but not being like a ripoff, If that yeah, makes Yeah, not
0: sense. being a copycat. Yeah. 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 And inspiration and then making it kind of their own version of it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. Uh, just another thing I'll bring up here in the good, like you brought up the map system. The maps are very, very easy. Like there's, there's never a time where you're lost, in, in my opinion. Like each kind of, you, I guess what I would call them is like you get these little hub worlds, right? You kind of get this main big ass area That'll then take you to a bunch of smaller areas, but you'll find maps throughout the level that'll tell you where like kind of all the hidden chests are, where the, uh, Volgrim shops are. He's basically your, your merchant, Mm -hmm. uh, in the game. Like, you're never lost and there is kind of like a little Metroidvania aspect to it where like, you'll see things like blue or orange things in the far out distance. And it's like, okay, well, I don't have the equipment for this. I'm obviously coming back here, but you know, they, they do a great job of making sure that like, you know, each area kind of feels like its own. You don't really feel lost. And you know, it's, it's easy to explore if that makes any sense. Like it's just, I don't really know how to say it any any different than that, but like you you never you never are like, Oh, wait, I'm going from A to b where where was I just at? you know, like it's hard to get lost in this game. It's pretty easy,
1: yeah, absolutely, and it feels very inspired by even like the modern God of wars like they do that thing of oh, here's some brambles or something thing that I can't get through yet. I know I'm gonna come back here with the right tool. Zelda has been been doing that for years and these guys took it and they ran with it and they they did a great job with it i think it fits really well in this game talking about like the environments and kind of where you're exploring i love that this game you get to see earth because starting out in like playing two as my first game like two you're like immediately spat out into this kind of fantastical world of like the makers you know they're like these giant people that you know like have giant hands like you're talking about yeah. <laughs> and you're doing stuff as death in like these fantastical realms and i think in three you do go back to earth for at least part of that game but coming back in one and being like oh actually seeing their version of the apocalyptic earth and like yeah. setting eyes on humanity and being like oh this is this is why all of this is such a big deal. I really appreciate it. Like, I know you go to some fantastical places in this game, but having it kind of centered on Earth, I thought was really cool, which this isn't necessarily in the run of show, but have you played Remnant from the Ashes? Have you heard of that game? I have not. No. So they they advertise it as like Dark Souls with guns. Okay. It's kind of like a procedural... A game you can play with at least two people maybe four I don't know and you have like these characters that have like special abilities and whatever and you're going through fighting bosses but the reason I bring it up is it very much has the vibe of a Darksiders game it has the environments and that kind of like apocalyptic earth and stuff like that and I want to say it's either because some of the talent from the original dark siders are working on that game or okay. like there there is a connection. There's an overlap that I can't remember, but when Dylan and I played it, my co-host and I uh, for a little while um, and almost immediately I was like, this feels like dark Siders, like completely different gameplay, but just going through the environments. I was like, this feels very dark siders and then lo and behold. Yeah, there is like a connection and in, in, in some way in how they like did their world design. So that's cool. I think that that being a testament that like you can plop into another game be like this feels like Darksiders like their their level design and the way that they kind of set things up they it goes along with their art style and their setting and everything else they 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 have a a signature to it.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I can dig that I may have to check that out.
1: Yeah the sequels coming out this year Remnant 2 they're gonna so that might be worth checking out it's gonna be bigger and better and nice I, hopefully yeah hopefully it's good I'll, I'll probably probably play it whenever it comes out dig it that's super cool all right man uh
0: anything else in the good category you want to talk about or should we move on to bad
1: um no, i think we pretty much covered good i think the only thing we didn't really like park on for too long was you know the story it it's good it does its yeah, job it's uh, pretty good you know we talked about it a little bit but i think i could see somebody coming into this game and saying this story is you know it doesn't do anything super remarkable and they might be right but then I could also see somebody coming in and saying this story is pretty good and they would also be right it's kind of like that middle of the road it's like it's really cool and stylish but they also do enough with like characters and betrayals and you know working but like we talked about how the horsemen are in the middle of this conflict you have kind of allies on the the hell side you have allies on the heaven side and you're kind of Working your way through this, navigating it, trying to figure out what happened, because I don't know if we mentioned it, but war is blamed for the start of like the apocalypse starting early. Yep. That's what kicks off this game. And so you're trying to solve that mystery and going through that process, I thought was was good. I think they did a good job with that story, and I thought it ended in a really satisfying way.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. The story in this is really, really fun. Um. I I was thinking about this too because I was like, you know what? You made a great point where like someone could play, anyone could get into this game and be like, oh, sorry, didn't really do anything special like you said or someone could play it and be like, oh man, pretty good story and like I'm probably kind of like right in the middle while I think it's a good story. I think like this, I, I, I was trying to find a funny way to classify it. Like I feel like this could be a hangover game. Like you could, you could play this game with a hangover, start it, and finish it because the game's like 12 hours <laughs> and right. be like, okay, someone like did something to me and then I killed him at the end. Like that's kind of, <laughs> right. like, you know, it's kind of a hangover game. Like you could you play this and not really pay attention and just play it, enjoy the art style and the combat and be like, oh yeah, cool. Good, good 12 hour game.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I think that's to its benefit. It's like, if you just want to go through and you want to hack and slash and get more powerful and kill demons and stuff like That game is right there for you. But if you care about the story and if you want to learn the character's names and figure out like why this character is mad at this one and why this one is being blamed for this thing, like all that is there for you, too.
0: Exactly. There's enough
1: lore that you could actually sink your teeth into it if you want to. But if not, you're still going to have a good time with the gameplay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Don't think I could say it better
0: myself, my friend. All right. Let's move on to bad. Let's do it. Yeah, man. All right. So the the one thing that I want to start here with, like we, we mentioned earlier, gameplay is actually really fun and really solid with one little caveat for me. And that's the, <laughs> that's, that's the cross blade. You, you get this like ranged combat spinning blade thing. It's a really fun weapon when it works. But like, again, this was like PS3 era when they were trying to like incorporate, you know, <laughs> the, the thumbsticks into everything and so aiming in this game is quite a chore it's a pain in the ass it's really hard because you're having to use both thumbsticks and do l2 r2 at the same time and it's just a lot going on on the yeah. controller and the the fight that like took me the longest to, to beat this go around i almost dropped the difficulty because like it took me five tries was the tiamat fight so you go to tiamat's cathedral and you have to throw these like little bombs at her and then you have to throw this cross blade into these fire and in, into fire and then hit the bombs because yeah. like the bombs don't have the fire in them. It's like it's a whole thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, you have to do that like <laughs> two or three times just to get her to stop flying around. because She's this big dragon creature. And then once she's actually on platform with you, like on level with you, then you can just go to town with with the scythe or the, the chaos eater, your sword. But, like, man, just to get her to that point, it took me, like, four or five tries, and I was getting worked, and I was like, God,
1: this crossblade
0: <laughs> is just a pain in the ass, man. It, it, it is so hard to aim with this thing. That's, like, my only gripe with gameplay and combat, but other than that, like, it's it's fine. It's solid.
1: So they didn't do anything to, to tweak that in the remastered edition at all? No. It- they just made Not it look, look prettier. prettier. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it looks badass. Right. I'll give it that. It looks badass, but man, it is still pretty hard to to maneuver. Do you remember having any issues with it when you when you played the game?
1: Yeah, I'm sure I did. I think and this kind of goes along with like one of the other points you have here in bad, but like just this era of video games, they were they were still figuring some stuff out. So like yeah. you have on here like bad camera angles, making things hard to see that kind of goes along with it. I mean, some of the puzzle solutions might've been a little, little janky to find, or like trying to aim some certain things or being stuck with like a bad camera angle. I remember not this game, but have you ever played Dante's Inferno?
0: Oh dude, I love Dante's Inferno.
1: There was this one point in Dante's Inferno where the camera, like you're doing this puzzle section through it, I think it was like a uh, like a busted up building. or So I remember jumping on like some platforms and the, every time you went to like a new side of this building, yeah, it would the pan. camera would change to like a yeah. different spot. And that that kind of stuff of that era was just so you could tell that the developers were like, well, if we give the player complete control, they're either going to see stuff we don't want them to see or right. Or it's going to break the game or like, like this seems like the best solution. And obviously we've evolved a lot since then. Thank God, because that section of that game is where I stopped playing. (laughs) Like I could (laughs) not figure out how to get past this part. And I want to go back to it and just like look up a guide and get past that part and finish playing it. Because I also think that that game is is really cool. It's really fun. It's like another kind of God of War clone from the 360 era. That's just really fun to play. But Darksiders does suffer from, you know, a little bit of that. I think they did a good job of keeping that kind of stuff to a minimum and maybe they just got lucky and it's aged pretty well. But yeah, the the crossblade was definitely one of those things that feels dated, especially going back now. It's like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is very much of that era. And it would be cool to see how they handle stuff like this if we got a current generation version of this, like not version of the first game, but like give us an, give us a game, a A mainline game game in the series. Yeah, exactly. How would you handle these kind of mechanics? I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's like kind of the biggest gripe that I have kind of against this game. Um, You you pick up the cross, the cross blade, like, I don't know, a third of the way through the game. You do have to solve a couple of puzzles. And I mentioned the one fight with Tiamat where you kind of have to use it, but you know, you kind of get to use all the other things. Basically, again, going back to like level design and stuff with this game is they'll introduce like some sort of obstacle. Right. And then you'll eventually get the weapon that can help you with said obstacle. Yeah. And then what they what they do that's actually really well um like choreographed is all right you're gonna spend the rest of this level using this weapon and then you're also gonna use the weapon again for the fucking boss fight and right it's it they they do it really well so like as soon as you get the crossblade you're like okay well i guess i'm gonna use this in a boss fight then lo and behold you do but um really like the only other thing that i will personally harp on the game is uh they they also you know again imitation or inspiration if we want to call it that from god of war is once you do enough damage to an enemy you get the little circle prompt over their head it's the same animation for every like you get like your common enemy and you just it's a really cool animation though i will give it that but once you see it like three times it's like okay you kind of like you sweep them off their feet with the sword and then you slash through their stomach it looks pretty badass but it's like okay once you've done it enough times it's like (laughs) But, like, each enemy type has their own execution, if right. you want to call it that. But once you see them enough times, it's like, okay, is, is there anything else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more of a product of its time of being a PS3 game. Like, you know, that's it, it's kind of a minor nitpick, but it's like, okay, once I do enough damage, I see the circle prompt, I, I get some health back, I get some, get some rage, fill, fill my rage meter back up. Uh, get some souls, and you know it is what it is. But a minor gripe. That's yeah, all.
1: there's what one one finisher per enemy type. It'd be cool to maybe see some variation in that. I was trying to think yeah. while you were talking. I want to say three did a better job with that. Like I I would assume that it did, being a more modern game, like giving you more variation in finishers, but. I mean, I've just been kind of itching to go back to all these games, and the more we talk about them, we're like, "Man, yeah, maybe I'll I'll go back and play one and two and three because I want to go back and see did three have a little bit more variation in its in its executions." But um, the only other thing I put in here, and it could probably be an ugly as well, is at the time that it came out, the remastered edition of this game had some serious issues, especially when it came to audio. Yeah, like there were just major audio bugs where like sound effects didn't work and like certain audio things just didn't happen. And I think there was like audio imbalance with the music and stuff being way louder than dialogue. And just like there was some jank that made it feel like maybe the remaster was a bit rushed. People said that the remaster of two was good. And I think this one was the one that had the problems, but I'm pretty sure by now all that stuff's been patched out or at least I hope it is. You you were playing the remaster, right? And you didn't have any major issues.
0: Yeah, so I was doing the remaster. Um I didn't have any issues. I haven't you know, I just completed the game a couple days ago and I didn't have any audio issues. Good. Um I didn't have any any lag. I didn't have Anything like frame rate drop or anything like that. For me, the game played fine. I'm playing uh, on PS4 Pro. Like, I didn't I didn't have anything that I could be like, oh, shit, it went from 60 to 30 frames or right. whatever. No audio drop, anything like that. It played very, very well for me. So no issues on my end.
1: I'm tempted to buy the remastered version and just play through it again because yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that itch now. Uh, I know they did like a... Like a when three was about to come out, they released like a package deal of the first two games, like the remastered version of them you could get. But I wanna say I have the two remasters somewhere. Maybe it's on disc or something. So I just need to I need to figure that out and then I think I might buy the first one and and go through it again. But I want to do the remaster because it does like I, I was saying earlier. You could play the 360 game and it holds up. But if you look yeah. at them side by side, like the remaster, they did a really good job of like making the colors pop more. There's like, yeah. like it just looks better. Like they did a good job of making everything look better and probably run better. And so I I've, I, would love to play the best version of it that there is. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah, the the color contrasting actually is pretty, pretty cool because like a lot of the uh, apocalypse version of everything, especially like in New York City, Buildings and everything look—it's it's a lot of grays and browns yeah. and stuff. But then, like, War himself is like wearing red. His sword kind of lights up orange when you're when you're swinging it, and basically anything blue or green or yellow like kind of really stands out. These are like orbs and things that you want to go get. So like, they really make the colors pop. Yeah, like that was something that I noticed in this remastered version. Like, it looks—it looks good. It really does.
1: Yeah, I think Um, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to pull the trigger. It's it's probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and
0: I I did it like a month ago. I got it for, it was on, it was like, you know, PlayStation does these like monthly deals or whatever. It's like 70%. off. I got it for like
1: six bucks. And I was like, fuck yeah, like let's go. I'm going to have to wait next time I see it on sale like that. That's how I got Genesis. Uh, Genesis was on sale for like $10 or something. So I might as well pick it up, even though it's not really my style of game. Yeah. So yeah next time I see a sale on these I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to scoop it up right on um anything else for
0: the bad or should we move on to ugly
1: man there's just not that much bad to talk about I think it's time to move on to ugly
0: yeah there's, there's really not a whole lot of bad but we're gonna get into some ugly here like the the one thing that I'm gonna harp on this game kind of the most harshly on um you you get these things called these shadow realm trials like you you have these really big ass uh tormented gates thing they're basically like these big rock creatures that kind of block your path you get this uh basically this it it can be used as a weapon you kind of get this like siren call thing that you have to blow in front of them and then they give you a task to do but it's the same task you get these shadow realm trials where you get this you have to go do like four or five of these trials in a in a given map You got to go find them. You got to go do them. The trials themselves aren't particularly hard. Some of them are actually quite fun. Like, you get one where you have to just destroy 25 enemies with a car in under five minutes. Mm. And it's like, okay, just pick up a car and chuck it at everybody. Like, it's, it's simple and it's kind of fun. But it's like the fact that you have to kind of do these over and over again every time you get to one of these gates, I was like, okay, like can I just pay this guy or something <laughs> like, can he just move the hell out of the way so I can continue with the story? Like I want to continue doing the combat and all these things, but I don't want to have to be given like these tasks where I'm given a finite amount of health and I'm have I'm having to do combat in a way that maybe I don't want to do where it's like, okay, you have to defeat all these enemies with the executions or defeat all these enemies without using rage or all these. And it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're 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 taking away things that i like and want to do with with your game you're kind of forcing me to play it in a way that i don't want to and i don't like that (laughs) like i want to play your game and i want to do it the way that i want to that's that's probably like you know i don't know trying to have your cake and eat it too maybe but it's like i don't know they they got a little annoying again they're not hard it's just like it's another obstacle. It's kind of it, it It to me, it was like, hey, how can we make this game like an hour longer? It's too short. I was like, I wonder if it was like the suits going, hey, let's right. throw something else in there so we can, you know, we can make the game just a tad bit longer. That's kind of what it felt like to me.
1: It's something that if this game released today would be like optional content, like it would be in the game yeah. and it would be there for completionists or maybe you would get like some sort of a reward if you did all those things, but it yeah. wouldn't necessarily gate your progression like you could you could mainline the story or whatever and then if you wanted to you could do these on the side yeah having them be i guess uh mandatory or forced sounds like the biggest issue with you know this system and like we said earlier this game it shows its age in some areas and this this feels like one of them
0: again they're they're not hard it's just kind of annoying um and sometimes they introduce like a new enemy type or it's like a beefed up version of like a common enemy. It's, it's funny to me because it's kind of very much like a product of its time where it's like, all right, war is running around this room and a new enemy type is introduced. So let's stop war dead in his tracks let's pan the camera over for three seconds so you can see this new enemy pop out of the ground and then let's pan the camera back over to war and go right yeah very much a product of its time so it's like you're just adding fluff to this game that doesn't necessarily need to be there in my opinion so that's really like that that's like the biggest gripe i have against this game honestly Um, any, anything for you in the ugly category.
1: Touching on what you just said for a second, I, I would really love to hear your thoughts and opinion on two, which is also still aged at this point, but then three kind of what you think of those, like if you can see the evolution of some of these things that, you know, were maybe products of their time, I, I think it'd be kind of interesting to kind of see your perspective of. These were sticking points in the first game, and then they did this in the second game, which addressed that. But then they introduced these, which were sticking points, and then in three, which three is kind of it's a little bit hard to kind of throw it in the same mix bag because they they simplified three quite a bit because it was gotcha. such a smaller team. It was like a passion project by this team because it was after THQ, like they re- they created a new studio and they, like you know there's the whole thing. Which I guess we can go right into as like one of the yeah, things sure. I brought up in ugly was like THQ just like imploded. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> at they some really point. shit the bed. <laughs> and so this series, like, we didn't really know if we'd ever get any more Darksiders games. And so three coming out at all was kind of a miracle. And you know, this doesn't have anything to do with the first game specifically, other than the fact that it would have been kind of sad if we never got any more of these. But yeah, just the whole thing with THQ and how it died, and then they like they create, recreated like THQ Nordic and it got bought by, you know, some parent company and now it's owned by Embracer Group. And then Darksiders 3 came out. And it was a game that the people who made it were very passionate about it and they wanted to make it. But I, I, I want to say I remember hearing like it was a much smaller group of people. It was a smaller studio. It wasn't all of the talent that was originally on the first two games. Yeah. But I think they did a really good job of keeping what was important to the series in that game. And fo- they, I think they did a good job of focusing on the right things and then kind of like paring down the stuff that maybe wasn't as essential. And I think they made a really good game. And I really hope that we do get another one. The other thing that I put in ugly, and again, it's not really about darksiders one. I think darksiders one for me, one and three are kind of, it's hard for me to pick which of those two would be my favorite. Yeah. One just, it's an impressive game as like a first game in a series and a first game exactly. from that studio. Yeah. Like they did so much right. And three is kind of the exact same thing where it's like, this is an impressive game from a kind of new studio, a passion project, a smaller team. Like in a lot of ways, there's some parallels there, but so my uglies are more about like the industry and the series, but like the, this ugly is something that you could, look at as oh this is an interesting take on storytelling or you could look at it as it's really annoying that this story doesn't ever move forward because in the first game when you play as war and I'm going to keep this like as kind of base level as possible I don't want to spoil anything like specific but war is accused of kicking off the apocalypse like we said and then he's imprisoned for what like a thousand years or something A a hundred years a hundred years So he's in prison for this long length of time. And then they finally like they send him out to figure out what happened. And there's this whole kind of like storyline that goes along with it. Some twists. There's a whole MacGuffin and a bunch of shit happens. Exactly. (laughs) But in that hundred years is where two takes place. And death is like off doing his own kind of essentially like a side story, a side project. And it does tie into War's situation. And it does tie into the overarching story. Fury is doing a similar thing. She shows up in three and she's like, Hey, I want to be the leader of the horsemen. And, uh, I can't remember. I think war is like still chained up when she's talking to the the council about this. And she's like, I don't really care about this dude right now. I want to be the leader. And they're like, okay, go kill the seven deadly sins. And so your job in that game is to kill the seven deadly sins or capture them, I should say. And of course, there's some twists and turns and some betrayals and some things that happen and eventually kind of, you know, Fury grows as a character because when it starts out, she seems very like one note, one dimensional kind of annoying. But I think they do a good job of kind of bringing her around. And like I already said earlier, they do kind of incorporate strife in there And so all three games, like we said, one ends with him saying, I'm not going to do this alone. And the horseman coming down to assist him. All three games are before that. So the ending of the first game is like that takes place after the ending of the second game and the third game. Two and three. Yeah. And then, like I said before, um, the other one, I can't, what was the name of it? Uh, Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. That one's kind of like a side, a side story. So I I haven't beaten it. So I don't know if maybe there's some twists and turns that tie it back into the main story at all, but that's like strife and war off doing like a, like a, a job for the council. Like it's not really, it doesn't seem to tie. Yeah. I think it's like before the apocalypse and everything kicks off. Gotcha. Because you're doing more like stuff in hell or whatever. Okay. Which is still cool. Like it's still more stuff in this universe, but it doesn't really affect the main story. And like I said, I haven't beat it yet. But that's kind of the that's why I'm I really want them to do a four or like a they don't even have to call it four. It could be like maybe Darksiders Awakening or Darksiders Apocalypse or like call yeah. it whatever you want, but like give us the next chapter yeah. of this story because Darksiders one is technically has the end of that story in the first game, then you play two and three and they tie into that story, but they don't really do much to progress the plot three. Like yeah. I said, does do some stuff to tie things together and to kind of like see like what was strife up to as well. And it does some things to kind of like pull it together and progress the story a little bit. But like, I really want to see that next big step. If that makes sense. I want to see like, all right, the apocalypse has happened. We broke the seventh seal. All the horsemen have been called down. Like shit's going down. What does that look like? That's what I want to see. And I would, I really hope that either there's some passion there, or maybe these games are making just enough money to justify it. But like, come on, like give us that next, that next big step.
0: I, I want to see him take on the council, man. Let's go, <laughs> take on that charred council. That would be pretty cool
1: all four horsemen exactly take on the council there's that and then but just also at the end of the first game like they break the seven seal the apocalypse is in full swing at that point like heaven and hell are at war earth is screwed what does that look like in this universe like show us that let us play it and like you said give us control of all four characters. It would be really cool to play as Strife in this kind of mainline style of gameplay. something that's not like a side game or like he was hinted at over here. Like, I want to see what he's like when you give him the full suite of equipment, when you give him the upgrade tree, when you give him all the things that you gave the other horsemen, because each one plays differently. Like, war is kind of that heavy sword Death is a little bit more, like, acrobatic with his scythe and stuff like that. Fury is probably the most different that they've done so far with yeah, her whips got cool dagger thing, and yeah, her daggers dagger, and being able to, like, they, they soulsified it a bit, so, like, dodging and parrying is very important in that game. Gotcha. So I'd love to see what they do with Strife being someone who's primarily, like, a gun wielder. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It would be really dope to see like what does that look like, and maybe even the next game could be all four of them together. But you mainly play as him, and you can control the other. Th- like I don't know.
0: Yeah, kind of like a like a Dragon Age yeah. style kind of game, where like you you have your character that you're controlling, and then you can like do like party actions,
1: or like the Guardians of the Galaxy game that came out a couple years ago, where you're, yeah, like, yeah, you're kind of controlling. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how they would do it. Or if the budget's there or whatever. But I even just like take gameplay out of it and just narratively like I want to see that next step, that next chapter, I guess. Like yeah. we've
0: and kind of kind of bring an end to the story. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. We've yeah. we've
1: seen this stuff from every perspective possible, just about what happens next. Yeah. How does it conclude? <laughs> like what it what happens? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's a little ugly. But I can see where people would be like you know, it's kind of cool that they're taking this unconventional approach to storytelling, but at a certain point it's like, okay, but also (laughs) I want to see the end. (laughs) Like I want to, I want some conclusion to all this.
0: Yeah, no, I'm man, I'm with you a hundred percent. I think the way that they told their story were kind of all these things, maybe not like fully simultaneously are happening, but like they all kind of happen within the same time period, one, two and three. Um, as you've explained it, and then, uh, yeah, like I, you know, I'm just gonna echo kind of what we already said. Like I want to see a game where we get all four of them together, um, and and we're just we're, we're messing shit up. Like let's yeah. let, w- whether we're we're taking on bigger demons, bigger angels, or both, or we're going on trying to save you know Earth and the human race or whatever it is, taking on the Council. Like I think it's a great, great story. It's a great setting you know, we touched on it earlier, like it's not too religious or anything like that. So I, yeah, I, I feel I'm with you. I feel like that last like minute long scene at the end of the first game definitely sounds like it's kind of the end of the series. We need like, (laughs) we need everything. We already have the stuff leading up to that. We need kind of like, like a 10 or 12 hour game in between. It kind of just explains, (laughs) Everyone kind of the band got together. We played one last show. Give us that show, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I want to see what happens when all four of these characters are working together as a cohesive team, because, you know, the end of Darksiders 2, the end of Darksiders 3, the end of Darksiders 1, all of these characters grow so much. Yeah, they all basically go from being kind of like one note characters that only care about themselves to being like, Oh no, now I see what's really important. And they all do it kind of in their own way. I want to see what that team looks like when they all get back together and then they're trying to solve whatever that, like that final problem is, whether it's taking down the council, whether it's uh, preventing the apocalypse, whether it's saving earth, whatever, like however they decide to take that, kind of final chapter i just want to see that chapter and i want to see these guys working as a cohesive team because everything we've seen up to this point they're all working solo or maybe in genesis there's a pair of them but like maybe they cross over and do a few things together but like they're all just doing one like their thing by themselves and they're wrecking stuff like they're they're almost unstoppable alone what happens when you get the whole team together like that that'd be so fun
0: yeah i mean it's called the four horsemen for a reason exactly it's not not each one on their own so yeah yeah, let's bring all four horsemen together and let's let's get something going so man um that's that's a lot about this game is there anything else you want to add either good bad or ugly or just anything else you want to talk about the game in general or or two and three or genesis anything you kind of want to add on to kind of what we've already shared
1: no, I think we did a pretty good job of kind of like breaking down this first game and then also like yeah, the series a little bit here and especially like how they structure their narrative. I don't think that we I mean, we talked about the ending, quote unquote, but I don't think we really like spoiled anything too much. And so if you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, everybody's always talking about these games, but I still haven't tried them like, yeah you literally said you got the the first game, the remastered edition for like six bucks. Go out, play these yeah. games. It's worth it. You will have a good time, especially one. I would definitely recommend three. I think two is good. I think it has the most like pacing problems, but I think they're all worth playing. And I think if you're listening to this episode and you haven't tried them, you should definitely give them a shot. I, like I said at the top of the show, I think it's one of the like highest quality underappreciated series in kind of gaming i think that it just it's slept on for some reason maybe i don't know what it is maybe people like oh it looks cartoony but like it's not i mean it's it tells like a a, a mature like interesting story it's you're not getting like last of us depth necessarily but there's enough there that you can sink (laughs) your teeth into you got really fun combat you got fun puzzles like it it, it's a very high quality video game like it does all the things right to make you go man i want to keep playing this and so I think if you're listening to this episode and you're curious about it, like definitely go check them out. I, I think it's, yeah, it's a hundred percent worth it.
0: Yeah. hundred percent worth it. And it, yeah, I definitely mirror what you said. Like it's, it's interesting, man. Cause I know like you're one of like three people that I know that have played this first game or, or really any game in this series. Not a lot of people played it. And I really don't know why. Yeah. Because it, it really is, very well done um like overall and again I'm my experience is just the first game and then two hours of, of, of part two um, for now for now for now I you know up, upon playing this first game again and then doing this this episode with you my my interest is peaked and I want to know more about the the characters and the stories I want to check out 2 three and Genesis. But like, yeah, it's certainly worth it to go in. If you were a fan of Devil May Cry, God of War, these games, or even like the Zelda games we talked about too, like it's definitely worth your time. Um, if I were to ask you to give like a one to 10 grade, like what, what would you give it like numeric value?
1: The first game or the series?
0: Uh, well, we'll just stick with this game. Just the first game. The first yeah. game.
1: I mean, it's like, it's a really strong eight out of 10, probably yeah. like on our effing gamer scale, I'd probably give it like a an A or a really strong B like it would be that like kind of 89 90s range like we talked about some stuff that's dated you know there's definitely some things that show its age but like even with that you're gonna have a hell of a time playing through this game if it's if if you get it if it if it's something that clicks with you I think there's no way you're not going to enjoy the ride like it's it's one of those games that I think it's just really well made from top to bottom. I think you can feel, you know, I I think I talked about this on our, our Witcher episode on our show, but it's like, you could feel the passion of the developers in the Witcher. And I think the same is here where you can feel like you can feel that the developers were very inspired by some other series, but you could still feel that they wanted to make a good video game here. It didn't feel like a copy paste. It didn't feel like a cash grab. It didn't feel like a, uh, like a, License game that was thrown together in six months like it feels like something where the people behind it actually cared and i think that shines through and i think that's part of the reason why it aged so well and why it's still worth playing today
0: yeah 100 percent. it's funny you mentioned 89 because i was like man this is definitely like a high 80s game like it's, it's like so close to an a yeah. like overall for me like it, it's it's like a it's like a solid like 88 so like exactly. yeah i'm with you i'd give it i'd give it like a I'll give it like an eight point five out of out of ten. I guess right. if we're going with that. Like, and, and I from listening to your show, I know the the F and Gamer grade scale. So, like, yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely like a B. It's it's really close to being an A. It's definitely not S tier, but it's like it's it's right on the cusp of being like an an A type game. Like, it's like a solid eighty eight, eighty nine, like you said. So, it's a really fun game. Um I I would highly suggest you check it out if you're a fan of any of the other games that we talked about. So, um, I think that's going to do it at least for this gaming portion. I didn't put it in the show doc, but I wanted to do something to kind of end the episode here. Um, So, as I have guested on your show, I know that you guys typically end with a game. And I wanted to do something... Something kind of like that, kind of get revenge, because I did lose oh. to
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, revenge. Okay. Yeah.
0: I did lose to you on the, on the episode that I was on. But no, it's, it's kind of going to be... It's not really a, a game per se, but it's going to be... Um, I, I kind of wanted to do, I had this idea where I wanted to do kind of like a uh, sort of a fantasy football draft style thing. And then I'm going to post kind of the, the teams, if we want to call it that, kind of online and kind of see like uh, who gets the most votes. So okay. the topic for tonight is not video game related. So we're going to, we're taking video games okay. out. Okay, okay. And uh, we're going to do a draft. So you're familiar with fantasy football obviously kind of sort of
1: yeah we do a like a a video game version of fantasy football on on our show yeah the fantasy critics yeah so exactly yeah
0: so i figure we'll we'll do like a you know kind of a snake draft we're just going to do we're going to do three picks and as you are the guest you'll get the first pick but what we're going to be drafting ladies and gentlemen is the top three pop tart flavors (laughs) 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 pop tarts okay We're going Pop Tarts, man. Just something fun and interesting to kind of end the episode here. So
1: there's a Um, lot of flavors out there. Probably way more than I know about. (laughs) (laughs) There are probably
0: over a hundred. There's like there's like a few uh i came prepared with like one or two that i'm like i want those flavors if they get picked it is what it is but uh i have i have a couple of backups but um if you need a minute go ahead and just just think you can do a quick you know research on the fly quick google search or if you got a couple in your head we can just dive right in so
1: take your time i've definitely got one in my head that uh since i get to go first i think i'll grab here
0: Yeah, there's definitely, in my opinion, there is a 101. There's like a a, a Mac Daddy top dog pick that if you take it, I I can't complain because it's it's my favorite flavor.
1: Wow, the pressure's on. Um, Pressure's on. My first pick is going to be the frosted brown sugar cinnamon. Brown
0: sugar cinnamon. That is the one. Yep. Yeah. That dude, that is the 101, <laughs> in my opinion. That, I feel that like, is, yeah, that
1: when you think Pop Tart, when Pop Tart pops in your head, that's what yeah. you think of. Like, you, maybe yeah. you think of like one of the fruit flavors, but you, you everybody knows like the brown sugar cinnamon.
0: And honestly, like the little life hack that I have for brown sugar cinnamon Pop Tarts, you, you put them in the toaster, right? As soon as they come out, put just like a little, like, just a little smidge of butter on the top oh too. dude it's so good it is so good so good because it just melts and uh, it's so good yeah I can't <laughs> complain you that that is the 101 so all right I'm gonna take my my uh my first pick in round two and then we'll do a snake draft I'll take first pick around uh, uh I will end round one and then I'll start round two so okay I figured, like, if you, if you were going to take brown sugar cinnamon, I was like, man, I, I need to make a pivot. Like, what would be the next like round one pick in Pop Tart flavors? I'm going to go with s'mores. S'mores mm. is like, always my kind of second favorite next to brown sugar cinnamon. So, my first pick is going to be s'mores. Um, start round two. Um, I am going to go with one of the berry flavors, I'm going to go with wild berry. And that's like the the blue and purple kind of swirly one. Yeah. That was released back in like the mid nineties. Like I remember being like a ten year old kid having that. So my my second round pick's gonna go to Wildberry. Okay.
1: Wildberry. I'm also gonna go well, it's snake draft, right? So I get two. hmm Mm-hmm. Man, I think I may go double berry here. There's there's another oh, man. there's another non berry that I that I'm uh thinking about like kind of the color scheme slash flavors that I always like, like when I think Pop-Tart, what pops in my head immediately and it's strawberry and blueberry. Yeah. So I'm going to take those two berries and we'll see if my other one gets picked up by you before it comes back to me.
0: Well, uh, we're just doing three, just doing three. So, Oh, so that's it. Got Got it. Okay. We're just going to do top three popular flavor. So then we'll see if you pick up the last one I was thinking.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Well, pressure's on. Cause you got another berry. All right. Um, man, I, I feel like I'm going to pivot here. Honestly, <laughs> I, I had one in my head that I was going to pick. Um, but I need like a banger ass flavor here in the third round just to end this. So you got strawberry and blueberry, man. I tell you what, frosted cherry is pretty damn good.
1: I'm looking at the fan favorites page right now and it's like number three. <laughs> so <laughs> Frosted Cherry. Yeah. Boom. All right. Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah. So, it's up there, man. Yeah.
0: Uh Frosted Cherry is gonna end end this draft. So your team is
1: blueberry, strawberry, and the brown sugar cinnamon. Sugar cinnamon.
0: Yeah. And I got s'mores, wildberry and frosted cherry. We
1: put our put our eggs in the berry basket there. My- yeah,
0: we definitely <laughs> ended on, on some berry flavors. We'll see which one gets the most votes. I'll post this online uh, as you're listening to this. So um, please, if you're listening to this, go go vote just yes. as a little fun thing. So love, sure. love to know kind of what everyone's favorite Pop-Tart flavors are. And if you have a favorite Pop-Tart flavor, let us know if we didn't mention your favorite Pop-Tart flavors. And so, if your favorite flavor
1: was the frosted chocolate, uh, that was going to be my my uh, my number four Ooh, if we went that yeah. far. So yeah, the double chocolate one's yeah. pretty good. Just just yeah. think about that when you're voting. <laughs> that yeah. would have been my next one. No, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my honorable mention. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, if we're doing honorable mentions, kind of list off style, I'll do chocolate chip. Chocolate chip's always good. Um, oh yeah,
1: chocolate. I mean, it's hard to beat chocolate. I know some people like they're like ah, I don't really like chocolate, but I mean, most people most people are down with chocolate.
0: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. So nice. That was all fun. Right. Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring an end to our episode. Andrew, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking Darksiders. This was a great, great time. Thank you for joining me in the lounge. Um, Where can people find the
1: Friendly Neighborhood Gamers? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening to this podcast, then you know how to find podcasts. We are also a podcast. Uh, You can find us on all of the podcast platforms, uh, Your Friendly Neighborhood Gamers, We are also on YouTube. We do a lot of kind of quick reviews and we do some like topics, rankings. Uh, My co-host Dylan put up a really excellent like buyer's guide for Destiny 2. If you're trying to get into that game, it's very daunting. So he put together a very comprehensive guide over there. Um, We've done reviews on trying to think of some of the more recent ones here i think the most recent was stated to gate two at the time of recording this and we've we did do i know i mentioned star wars earlier we did a star wars jedi fallen order review that was yeah, kind of bef- order. before yep. we changed up our format a little bit so it's a bit more conversational a little bit longer but yeah we've got some reviews over there some fun stuff on youtube if you like the more kind of visual format uh, and then on the podcast we do deep dives into games we do um topics we do interviews and so if you're listening to this a great place to start would be listening to our interview with john we had a great time over there like he mentioned we did uh we did a game at the end that apparently he lost i did not remember that but he sure did so (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to bring you back on so you can uh try to redeem yourself over there but yeah Yeah, that's a good place to start and then yeah we just if you like if you like video games come check us out because that's that's what we do over there and yeah this has been a ton of fun thanks for letting me kind of geek out about a game that i don't get to talk about probably as much as i would like uh this this has been a blast so thanks for having me
0: yeah man appreciate you coming on this was fun um yeah do go check out your friendly neighborhood gamers it is a very fun show um andrew and dylan really make a good good product go listen to them and support them they make good stuff So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to this show. You know where to find us, VGL underscore podcast, on both Twitter and Instagram. And our Discord invite is in the show notes of this podcast. So, thank you guys again, and we'll catch you on the next episode.
1: See ya!